Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Wow. Aren't we such a blessed people? You know, when you fight and yet you are on the winning side, this is what earthly people call corruption. <laughs> you've won and you go out to war, but you know you've won. That is amazing. Yes, I'm Eunice Dubango, a mother of three boys, married to Brand. This time when Brand was setting me off, he blessed me and he said, may you be a blessing to the people. And I'm thankful to God that I'm teaching on a day after the shift. Hmm? We know that there's a shift that happened. Eh? I'm so blessed, right? I'm so blessed and I'm also really blessed that we've sung the song that we've just sung. Because what I'm sharing today is an instruction that is in line with the fact that the shift has happened, we have overcome, but that line that says God has made a way for us is important. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because your word will enter our hearts and they are fertile ground and the entrance of that word will bring freedom will set us free, will cause us to be everything that you have created us to be in this season. And I don't mean this season 21, my father. I mean in this generation. Lord, I thank you because I know that you have directed my tongue already. You have directed my mind, my heart. You have spoken many things and you have given me the ability to relay them to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there is a wise woman in the word who told Jesus that, that even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And if you're like me that grew up, for a certain point in my life, we were in an estate. My father used to work in Chibimba Rice Scheme and, you know, there was house upon house. And sometimes... There was this mother that cooked very good food, but somehow their children could not manage to eat the food. So the children in the neighborhood came and ate the food. And sometimes those children had really huge appetites, right? Why am I saying that? Worship harvest. God means business with you. God means business with you and those of us who watch the heavenly forecasts and have huge appetites. If you do not eat it, we are here. We could come from the neighborhood. And I'm serious, these are words that almost, not just almost, every word that I'm saying at this pulpit today 
is a dialogue that I've had with God about today. B3 checked with me at about one, and I was telling her God is saying so many things, I don't think I have the speed to catch up. You know when God is moving so fast, you're not sure if you can write down what he's saying. And I want to say that again. Do not excite heaven. Don't excite heaven. Because heaven is ready to do so much with you. That is why the song you have overcome makes sense to me because of some of the things that I have been shown today. Heaven means business. So if you excite God and you do not take the instructions that God is giving you, you'll be in problems, you'll be in trouble. But I promise you, I have a huge appetite. I really do. As we start today, I know that we have confessed that we are economic powerhouses, but I want to say some things before I introduce what God has told me to say today. Not that he hasn't told me to say this, that's why I'm saying it. I have been in the ministry of prayer for a long time. I have encountered so many spirits, some of them very scary. I remember a time we went to pray for a gentleman with the the person that taught me and mentored me in prayer, he used to walk with me everywhere on his prayer missions. And this one time he took me to this family. We were praying for this marriage. And when we were praying, the man got lifted up and he left the ground and he was floating in the air. That was scary. I just started the ministry of prayer. It was so scary. It reminds me of a story that was told to us at the Africa House of Prayer where two chiefs, were shaking hands and one chief decided to leave his hand in the other person's hand like shake my hand Mose. so I shake your hand and I leave my hand like you go away with my hand and then the other chief is looking at the hand and is scared and the owner of the hand says give me, give me back my hand and he puts it back and he says I thought you were not a chicken you're scared of that I have been in places where I have seen demons. But I want to tell you that there is a spirit that doesn't fear the anointing, never walks alone, is very patronizing, is so snobbish. When it comes, it comes along with so many others, self-pity, pride, selfishness, jealousy, judgment, blindness. This spirit will say, but I know those things. But then you never apply them. That spirit says, I've had that before. But they haven't applied it. That spirit is called the spirit of poverty. You see, poverty will transport you into a place where the anointing of God is so thick. And poverty doesn't care. It's the only spirit that will stand before the living God and put its hands. And, and you know, just look at God and say, what are you saying? And the worst kind of poverty 
is having little God. I say little God, I don't mean small God, but I say, you know, having God in very little measure. The Bible says in Colossians 3.16 that the word of God should dwell richly in you. Richly. Rich people have everything they need. Rich people can get anything they need. Rich people can give away anything to anyone. The word of God is supposed to be so rich in you that by that word you can get anything that you need. So when you have little word, you're so poor. Because we said last week that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. So when you have very little measures of the word, you have very little measure of God. If when we put you upside down, there are only two verses coming out, you cannot take an argument longer than one minute. You have very little God. Too little. When someone introduces a topic, because there is very little God, there is no inner witness. You see, God watches over his word to perform it. So he hovers over your life and he says, what word is there? When you're in need, he says, okay, what are those words about provision that are there so that we can perform them? And when you are turned around all over and all over and searched and searched all over, all over and turned around and... And there is nothing that is the highest form of poverty. The other is having that little that you have and yet not apply it. You see, my father, my mother had a friend that was so poor. His shirt was always torn and that was his pride. He used to say, Nzendimuavayetitunga. He was poor, but he cannot mend. And he was very happy with himself. That is the person who says, for me, I don't know those things, but anyway, me, I'm okay. I'm fine. So as we start the instructions that God is giving us this evening, refuse the spirit of poverty. Because it comes to steal to kill and to destroy. Poverty will transport you to a party when you're dressed so well and you'll get to the food line. I do catering and... You know when someone holds a line, huh? and they say, yams. Because it's a buffet, okay? And they hold that line because someone ran back to the kitchen to replenish. They are smartly dressed. They are children of God. They are fire spitting. The blood is overflowing. That is what poverty does to you. Poverty doesn't know the anointing. It doesn't care. That is why a man of God, full of the spirit of God, chasing so many demons will be so poor. Because poverty enters any room. Other demons will come in singles. Poverty doesn't come alone. It actually thrives when there are many more demons. So this evening, 
the instruction that God is giving you as worship harvest is it is seed time. It is seed time. We are talking about seed this evening. And the poor man is thinking I'm talking about their money. No. The poor man has gone ahead of me. Because they have very little God in them. The only dimension they have seen of seed is money. And because they have very little money anyway, they are scared. You know, Anthony said here that I hear the sound of victory. Listen to me, people. There is a sound of rain. There is a sound of rain. There is a sound of rain. Are you hearing me? Look at me, people. There is a sound of rain. But when the rain comes, it can either just make you wet or it can water something. Genesis 8.22 While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Genesis 1.11-12 Genesis 1.11-12 Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. According to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed, according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. From the beginning of time, God has communicated to us about planning, about thinking ahead, about burying things in the dark and then we'll see them in the light, about investments, about putting stuff in soil, about putting stuff in secret dark places, about using agricultural products in every gathering in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. If they are not planting, they are reaping. If they are not reaping, there is a party. If they are not drinking wine, they are threshing wheat. If they are not at the grape wine, there is a wine press. There is something about planting that God wants us to get. But God, who still has the power to create, when he was creating, he made sure that once and for all, he creates things that have seed in them. Else, he would be coming back every season to create more. He would be coming back every season to create. But the seed came when God said, let there be. He was specific. He said, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the herbs that yield seed according to their kind came. The trees that yield fruit. Because in that fruit there was seed. He made sure it happens. All our forefathers... If they were not acquiring lands to set up gardens and, you know, put up many storehouses, if they were not building wells, if they were not sojourning through lands, in lands 
that were dry. They were fighting over land to plant something. Talk about Abraham, the one we've confessed about. Talk about Isaac, Jacob, Laban, Samson, even Boaz, the kinsman's redeemer, Esther, Ruth. There was either a garden. I'm not surprised that the first miracle that Jesus performed had to do with something that came from the garden, the wine. Because God is communicating something about the seed. And he's saying that seed time and harvest time will endure. I want us to talk just very briefly about the seed. We've seen from the word that every seed bears according to its kind. It's not a scientist that told us this. Every seed, every seed bears according to its kind. The one in whose business God puts everything and they eat everything will bear according to their kind. The one who can't pray for themselves but they want us to all pray for themselves will bear according to their kind. The one in whose mouth comes fresh water and sea water, you know, once a year because it is the Passover night, that's when they post about God. And then the rest of the year, you're not sure what happened to that mind. Very perverse minds. I'm thankful I have sons because sometimes I feel sorry for men. Because I see what some girls post and I say, oh, I know how to tell my son to look for a wife. Someone can't be thinking about sex in the morning, at break time, at noonday, in the evening, before they go. You know, every post has a connotation. But usually, they bear according to their kind. The seed is the part of the plant that grows into a new plant. So you want newness? You think about the seed. B3 told us here that seeds die before they produce. That means that a seed can be dormant for a while. It might look like this is not happening. It might look like there is no shift happening. It might look like I have prayed and whatever, nothing is happening. It may look dormant for a while, but it has a gestation period. And most of the things that have a very short gestation period, like dodo, huh? like booga, huh? even their shelf life is very short. Eh? We are going to come back to that dodo. Usually they require a little effort, those ones. Eh? You just throw and they come out. Every seed has an embryo. And in that embryo, if the right combination of water, oxygen, and temperature are put, there is germination and we get a new life. A seed can be good, a seed can be bad. That's why we are made of imperishable seed, because it means there is such a thing as perishable seed. Every seed responds to timing. The time you put it in the ground, what is the atmosphere at that time? And that is why God is saying this to worship harvest this evening. You see, I said the seed needs water, oxygen, and temperature. Are we together? We are going to read some scriptures today about the early rains, 
and the latter rains. The early rains usually just make the ground wet. The early rains are rains of instruction that you need to do something. And I can tell you, people of God, what we are experiencing right now is a sign of the early rains. It's early rains. It's early rains. It's early rains. If you got a chance to go into boardrooms of people like Andrew Womack, T.D. Jackson, and whatever, right now, I know for some of them, even if you went to their websites, right now, you will see postings of 2021. They are planning and they are thinking and they are strategizing for 2021. While we are excited about 2020. You see, the things that we are reaping now are a result of what we sowed in 2019, 2018, 2016, 2015. That is the reason why someone comes on that page and says, why are these things not happening to me? Because they feel that they have sown so much in season 21. In the time of the early rains. Much seed is going to give you much crop. Little seed is going to give you a little crop. The quality of the seed is important. Even in Kampala, I farm for my kitchen. And I know that there was a time I sent someone to a specific store to buy watermelon seeds and they found where they thought it was cheaper and bought them. And we planted them. And nothing came out. Because the quality of the seed is important. There is nothing in between. You see, even in Uganda, the Ugandan politics, where the voting is 2021, you pass walls and people are already saying vote. Are we together? There is a believer who wants to be voted in 2021 and they are waiting for the Passover night of 2020. Let us read Leviticus 26, 3 to 13. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. I want to say that yes, there are seasons. But you can also call God to give you rain when the seed is ready. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid. I will read the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through your land. I want to go back to verse 3. And I want you to get another version. If you can. 3 and 4. If you can. Because I want 
Okay, the English Standard Version. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your rains in their season. And the land shall yield its increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Go to the next. Your threshing, your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest and the grape harvest shall last to the time of your sowing. I want to get something out of there. You see, God wants us to continually. It's a continual process. Threshing is harvesting. <laughs> I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down. And none, shall, none of you shall, none shall make you afraid. You shall
I'm watching because I'm watching. I'm watching because I'm watching. The early rains are telling you to watch intently for certain things. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's just read a scripture that is sad. Hosea 8, 7. They saw the wind and reaped the wild wind. The stock has no bud. It shall never produce meal. If it should produce, aliens will swallow it up. I told you there is perishable seed and imperishable seed. There is good seed and bad seed. You see, you can sow wind. You can come and make noise. You can come and be seen. You can join every group that is being formed right now because your pastor knows you. You can do that. But you will also reap according to your kind. When it's wind and... You see, seed multiplies. So when it's wind, you get a wild wind. There are so many seeds that you can sow this season. I wrestled with God this afternoon. I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? And... I'm going to talk about three seeds only. The first is the seed of God's word. Jeremiah 1.12 I told you already that the Lord said you have seen well and I'm ready to perform my word. Some versions say I'm watching my word to perform it. I already told you Colossians 3.16 that the word of God should dwell richly in you in all wisdom, in all teaching, in all admonishing, in all wisdom. The word of God should dwell richly in you. Every embryo of a seed has what we call the endosperm. It is a short supply of food. It's just around that embryo to give it a little food for a little while. Each one of us, when we get born again or when we come to church just on Sunday, we can get a little word to go with. Just a little. Just a little. But it can just go in a flash. I have told you, you can't be word poor child of God, you can't be word poor. And I'm saying in all wisdom, so in every area of life, you have to be rich in the word. As listening to T.D. Jackson, he said that there was a time when he would stand before his wife every evening and he would start to tell her the scriptures he knows and you know the wife would be on the other side marking to see if he has said the words right. When is the last time you actually got onto a word program? Like seriously. Because I see so many people, some of my friends on social media, when it gets too much on me, I get in their inbox and I said the things you're posting are not the word of God. Because they hear these things on puppies and then they come and they start telling us like God says, it's not true. But they are so word poor. 
They are so word poor. They are so word poor. They quote these things and tell God these things. We each have verses beyond which we cannot argue. Some of us, you know, before the argument starts, you're done. You know, there was a time I used to tell my husband, before we would start an argument, I would tell him, I would put a disclaimer, I would say, we are going to argue, but I don't want you to say, the Bible says. And he would say, then there is not going to be an argument. But you see, a poor man, you understand? And I used to feel like he's trying to make me powerless. in your business you're, you're, you're presiding over just a million shillings <laughs> if you're presiding over a million shillings you can do with one scripture in one dimension but if you're an economic powerhouse you must be able to see it from all angles you must be able to interpret it in every way the word must be so rich in you that you can cause that word to bring business to your business in every way. You've got to read it. You've got to memorize it. You've got to recite it. You see David says in Psalms 119 verse 13 that I have recited your word. I know there are teachers of the word who are telling you it's okay not to know. You have to know. You have to know. You have to know God's word, children of God. Because yes, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And the language that defines us is the language of the word of God. That is the imperishable seed that is on the inside of us. So when you start that meeting in your organization tomorrow morning, speak the word of God. Speak life. Let the statistics of God's word come from on the inside of you and let them be put on that table. And when God goes around that table to watch the word, to perform something, he's going to find something. Let your children be so rich in God's word that even in the night time, like David said, he said, you instruct my heart in the night time. He was sleeping, but the word of God that is on the inside of him are the dreams that he gets. They're the instructions that he gets. You see, when you have very little word, you cannot get instruction from God. Rain speaks of opportunities. Sometimes the opportunities are being spoken on the pulpit and they are being spoken through God's word. When a word of God is spoken and you were already in the secret place and you encountered that word, the spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit that that is what we were talking about this morning. That is how the entrance of God's word brings clarity to you. You will not have anything clear if you know nothing inside. I'll repeat, if when you're turned over, nothing is there. God has no way of communicating to you. The rain must find something to come over. 
The Spirit of God must find something to hover over. When you read Mary, when the Bible says she was endowed with the Holy Spirit. When you hear the words that came out of her, they were Psalms. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit praises his name. He, she didn't say, what Wednesday? Because that can be a reaction when you have little God in you. So when the, when the spirit of God comes to your house today, to your bedroom today, in that argument today, how much of the seed of God's word is he going to find? Worship harvest. You have no excuse not to know God's word. When my children are little, we read the psalm, we read the proverb when they are in the womb. When they come out, we read chapters. And I used to argue with my husband and he used to say, Eunice, there is what they call a subconscious. It stores. Soon these things will come out. And so I sit through those sessions and they read and read and read and read. And now because I have three children, I understand that that child is like a sponge. They come to us from heaven and God is depending on you and me to write on that heart something. And you are writing Scooby-Doo, whatever, someone in square pants, whatever it is you are, you're letting into your living room. And so in your children's heart, in your children's heart, SpongeBob square pants is dwelling so richly. I had a child who came to one of my parenting network meetings and I didn't know it's another parent who told me when they encountered him and said, Eunice, this boy talks exactly like a cartoon. I said, well, in my house, we don't watch them, so I don't know. And she said, the boy speaks exactly like a cartoon. The cartoon is dwelling so richly because the Bible is saying that you will speak to one another with the Psalms that are in the Word, with the hymns that are in the Word, with the spiritual songs that are in the Word. Because right now, the rain is the early rain. The ground is soft. It is very soft, people. The second seed that I want you to consider to plant is the seed of friendship with God. Oh, children of God. I told someone the other day to make God their friend and they said, how do you do that? And I asked them, how did you make your husband your friend? <laughs> you know, this morning the Lord made me understand a scripture that I've never considered that way. You know that scripture that says that use your earthly resources to make friends? <laughs> and the Spirit of God said, if you want me to be your friend, you can use your earthly resources to make me your friend. And I decided that when I'm in a service, I give the biggest note. That's it. That's it. And because I know that I'm rich, I won't have 2K, 1K, 500 shilling coins and things like that. Let me tell you people, the best strategy for warfare is making God your friend. When he's your friend, he will fight your battle before you know it. 
He will confront your enemies and you will never know them. Because he has told us in his word clearly, he has said, because he has set his eyes upon me, I will deliver her from all her enemies because she has set her heart upon me. I do deliverance. I do warfare. I'm telling you the easiest is when God comes in and just says do this and do that. Kutula amenya what? There is a time and a season for that. Nayemu kutula nyo. Let me tell you how friendship with God looks like. There is a couple that mentored me in this area of prayer. And all oh, those children have those 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 children of God has, have taught me to be friends with God. They feel what God feels. I will tell you two stories that will they every time I think about those two stories, I'm like, God, I need to be your friend. When the Rwanda genocide happened, many people felt bad, sad, okay? Cried, said many people have been killed. These couple are Nigerians. And they sat in their room one day and they were weeping and they said, Lord, we are so sorry you lost children in Rwanda. Because you see, every time someone dies, God has lost a child. Every time. I don't know if you ever think about it that, like that. If you've ever lost a child, you know how it feels. Every time God loses children in those senseless killings, his heart weeps. So you know what this couple did? They decided they were going to comfort God. And so they went and paid for air tickets and they went to Rwanda. And they went to the place of the genocide and sat there the whole day. And all they said was, Father, we are so sorry. Sorry that you lost your children. That is friendship with God. Then another time they were telling us that they were sat, just seated in their home and they realized when you have a parent and you love them so much, you visit. You see, children of God, we need to learn to visit with God. We need to go when God knows you didn't come to ask again. We need to go and God knows you didn't come to scream like a tractor. Like the whole afternoon. You know what I mean? Like I can't go to my parents' house and I'm just like a tractor the entire day. You know there is something that hurts me to the core. Believers start meetings as prayer meetings. And before long they say we need to invite someone to speak to us. Can't you ever just speak to God? Children of God, must you call us all the time to talk to you? Can't that person that is talking to you be the father? We talk to you on Sunday. We talk to you in business garage. We talk to you at season 21. Can't you just for that castle you started in your home, do you have to invite a speaker? Do you have to? You think God doesn't have a voice and a mouth? He needs me to speak for him every time. So this couple decided they were going to visit God for a whole week. 
they would dress. The gentleman told us that the first day I dressed in my Nigerian attire and when I got out of the living room, my wife was dressed in her most beautiful attire. I went back into my room and I put on my best suit. And they sat in the living room and they said, Father, we've come to visit. They had gifts. And they said, here, Lord, let's just talk. Tell us what you want to tell us. And they told us the first time they did it, their older boy was four. And the youngest was two. And they said, no one in that house made a sound. Because the presence of God came so heavy upon that house. No child cried. No one said they were hungry for six straight hours. And when they were done, they went to their rooms, got their clothes off, changed, and they did it the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And on the fourth day, while they are visiting with God, they get a knock on the door. And the Lord tells them, it's all right. Go and open. And they open. And when they were telling this, the gentleman who had been sent that day who was knocking was in the meeting and he confirmed it. He says we were just downtown and the Lord told us to go to a particular place and pick up particular things for these people. Now, I trade. I do the business of trading. And when I say a 20-foot container, I mean with kitchenware, I use about 25,000 USD to fill it. So, these people had come with a 20-foot container full of stuff. Because we together. And so you're wasting a lot of time screaming here like a tractor and whatever. Friendship with God sounds like this. There is a gentleman called Hyde, John Hyde. They used to call him praying Hyde. He used to pray for souls in India. And this is how he would pray. For days and months, he would be on the floor and he would say, God, give me souls or else I die. And there are days he would say, God, for souls this day. That is friendship with God. This man praying hide, he would go to places where he knows that there is going to be a mission. If he knew that Mose and the worship harvest team are going to be in Kawempe, he would not even tell them he goes to Kawempe. Months before that crusade, and he would ask the people who stay there, what are the notorious areas in this place? Or he would just walk around and he would note down the things on a piece of paper and put them in his pocket and he would walk. A story is told of a bar where people used to go and terrorize the whole city. And he went in, he wrote down the name of the bar, wrote down the name of the owner and he went to his room for three weeks didn't eat anything, didn't drink anything, crying to God and saying, God, give me that bar. Those are the real nations we are talking about, people. 
And in those three weeks, the bar became a church. The bar owner started to preach. It is said that in that city, they would close shops at three, like the whole town. Because there is a crusade in town. Because there is someone who was a friend of God and was willing to pay the price on behalf of God. People, God needs a friend. There was a time I'd gone to China and you know, before I went, God kept telling me that he wanted to redeem the land next to our plot. He kept saying, Eunice, I want to redeem that land. I, I didn't understand what it was about because the land was owned by one of my former students at the university and she was born again. So I didn't understand what God meant. But I obeyed and I said, Lord, you want to redeem the land. You can only use me. So I would go and walk around that plot walk around that plot and I would just claim it for God. I would just claim it for God. And then this time I go to China and I get there, they had cut off WhatsApp totally this time, you know, no Facebook and all. So I'm not in touch with home and I was there for a good, I think 12 days. And then my student, my former student tries to call me, didn't have my husband's line, kept calling and calling and I wasn't going through, sent so many WhatsApp messages on the 12th day. I'm at the airport, I finally get WhatsApp and I see all these messages. And so I, you know, listen to the recordings and she's saying, Madam Eunice, we are selling the land next door, but the people that want to buy it want to put a mosque and we cannot allow them to. You must buy the land. And then she goes ahead to tell me but the, the offer they are giving is 45 million shillings. There were two plots. So 45 per plot. So that was 90 million. And she said, what can you offer? People, the rain is coming. The opportunities are coming. But your seed must be ready. Are we together? The seed must be ready. So imagine that opportunity comes. It's a matter of a mosque and a, a sacred place. And you've been eating the land. You remember what I said? Eh? God gives you and you keep saying, I want land, I want land. And God says, but I've been giving you land since January, but it's in your stomach. You've eaten so many pieces of land. And the opportunities come and you can't redeem the land on behalf of the Father. When the opportunities come, because God is the one who has brought the rain in season, he makes it possible. So I tell this young lady, I say, you know something? I have 30 million each plot. That's 60M. And she says, Madam Eunice, we cannot allow a mosque there. Pay the money you have. That is how we got the land next to our home. We are just planting vegetables there <laughs> until this year when God told us what to put. But what we needed to do was to redeem that property. God is going to come and fight battles for you children of God. But are we together? God is not going to fight your battles when he knows that you are not dependable. 
God will only entrust you with what he knows you can take. If you're ankle deep in God, he will only entrust you with secrets that are ankle deep. Because when you have a friend, you look at their character and you're like, I think I can trust this person. Friendship with God sounds like the friendship he had with Abraham. Where God was going to do something which had nothing to do with Abraham. But then God said, shall I do this without telling my friend Abraham? He will, that Jeremiah 33, 3 will happen if there is a witness of a seed of God's friendship on the inside of you. He will answer you and he will show you great things that you do not know of because they are secrets. They are deep things of God. We say in here at Transform that we are agents. If God cannot trust you as an agent, if he knows that it is information you're supposed to shut up about, but he knows that you're such a gossip, you can't shut up about it, he won't tell you. But you see, God walks with us. He holds our hands. And he walks with us. And after we have gained his confidence a while, he starts to tell us certain things. He starts to tell us certain things. He starts to say certain things. I remember how I woke up last year and God told me there were about two people in my business that were dead weight. Children of God, that word came here yesterday at Business Garage and some of you didn't understand it and I want you to understand it this evening. Get rid of the dead weight in your business. If you want friendship with God, if you want God to come and dance in your business in God in a space, for him to do everything he wants to do, do what he wants you to do. These are people I had heavily invested in. I had paid for them to do all manner of courses. One of them had just finished and I, and I said, God. And he said, do you want me to be in or these two to be in? And I said, Lord, my mother didn't raise a fool. I want you to be in. The hardest thing for me was to call this boy and girl. They'd become like my children. And tell them, you know, you'll not be able to grow with us where we are headed. I need to let you go. As soon as I gave God the room, the very next day, he started to work his purposes in that business. He started to do things that I cannot even recount. He started to open doors that I could not even, I, I could never dream of. Business people, I hear the sound of rain. There is a heavy rain. There is a very heavy rain. But if your hands have nothing, we shall testify here. I will repeat this. Moses said this yesterday and probably you didn't get it. He talked about putting away 20% of your income in the business. Listen to me, people. That was not a story. That is an instruction. 
Moses, that is an instruction. Because people, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. It is coming, people. 2020 is not it. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind, not even your mind, has conceived what God has in store for us. You haven't, people. And I want to tell you, business person, if you do not take those instructions, you're going to be here the same next year. We will buy land in this city. We will build buildings in this city. But we must put away the seed. We must, people. Don't eat the bread with the seed. Don't. I obeyed that instruction. I called a friend, one of my mentees, Paula. She's probably watching. She can testify. I told her I have a bank account. I told you for me, I have a big appetite. I told her I have two bank accounts for Uni's Kitchen. I'm going to give you the checkbook for the other account because I'm not going to access it this year. And I told her I'm going to put this much every week and I'm going to share with you the receipts every week. We are going to take over this land with the seed. We will take over this land. If you walked to this place when they said, people who have been told that you're going to be economic powerhouses, and you walked into this place and you're not seeding anything in that business, forget it. It's deeper than walking here. You must be so close and so friendly with God that you understand what Abraham understood. Lord chose the fertile part of the land. Some of us think they've taken the entire city. What are you talking about? Business people. Business people, business people, we have to work the works of God. And we have to buy souls, literally. We have to buy them. And we can't do it when we are barely surviving. We can't every month get money and give it away to another man in form of rent. We can't. David said, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. He said, being in the presence of God has made me glad. He set the Lord before him. What do you set before yourself in the morning when you get out? Kalisoliso, the news for the day. You must succeed in being God's friend. If you call that person daily to make them your friend, call God daily. If you visit that person, visit God daily. If you've gifted people, gift God daily. Take time to just be with God. Let's read Psalm 63. 
Oh God, you are my God. Ali will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David was in the cave when he had run away from Saul. Verse 2. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. That is what friendship with God sounds like. You know, people ask me, Eunice, how do you pray a whole day? And I want to tell you, I can't pray a whole day the way we understand prayer. I just visit God a whole day. I can't pray a whole day. What is that that is so pressing that I have to talk about it for eight hours? I can't. I can't. But as you visit with him, as you minister to him, as you meet his needs, as you ask him, so what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? What do you want me to do for this child? What do you want me to do in my church? How would you want me to serve this week? He starts to open up. But you've got to get him to that place where he feels comfortable enough to trust you. There is a lady I made my mentor. <laughs> and this is what I did. I discovered that she loved Gonja a lot. A lot. She was an Afro, you know, a Jamaican lady. She was in our church. Everyone who has gone to Watoto Tinder knows that if you wanted to learn prayer, especially warfare, you needed to make Auntie Claudette your friend. But she was very careful who she allowed close. So many people saw her at a distance but it was very hard to penetrate her circle. She was elderly. So what I used to do is I used to go and sweep her compound once a week and I would clean up her house, the whole yard, her bedrooms. I would tell her, I've just come to dust for you, Auntie C. I would clean up for her. I would cook for her. One time I cooked at cell and she loved my pillow, so I would cook that pillow for her. I would take her gonja every time. Before long, she started to really like me. She's that one person who, even when she said my husband's name, I, you know, when she would ask me about brand, she said the name with so much love. I, I can't even explain it to you. She went back to the UK, but she calls me almost every month and she asks me, how is brand? I, I can't even tell. It, when you love my husband, guys, you've loved me. Yeah, I, I love that man so much. So much. So she would ask of my husband, she would pray for my children, she would, she, Auntie C never lent out her books, she would give me her books. Before long she called me to her home and she showed me her prayer room. She showed me how to pray. She showed me, 
she showed me how how to approach God she would say no Eunice God is your father don't talk to God like that but it's because I made her my friend she would ask me questions she's the one who taught me to pray for my children when they were in the womb she taught me that the womb is an altar and she taught me to consecrate my womb she taught me to speak into my children's lives I love Auntie C so much I love her so much so many people were around Auntie C some of them were in the very ministry she served because she used to pray for expectant mothers but they never got that kind of closeness with her that is how it is with God you can get God to be your friend that he will tell you the secrets of that man's heart <coughs> excuse me that he will show you what is coming ahead for your child that <sighs> children of God thank you Rachel fast just just to be with God because when you love someone you, you want to ask you, 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 you say what makes you happy that I will do it if being with you if, if, if setting aside my food is going to make you feel thanks it's going to make you feel loved can you do that or you call her first because you've not been married up to your 40th year. Or you call her first because you're believing God to finish your house. People, friendship with God. Sounds like David when he said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. You know you have not been close enough to God if you can ask questions like, how can you pray for more than an hour? Because if I called you now on your phone, we could talk until the, the unit's game, you understand? And then you run and load more. Worship harvest. So into friendship with God. Wake up in the night time when everybody's sleeping and say, Father, I want to be with you. Be like the song of Solomon where he said, draw me after you and let's run together. He said, let's run away and be alone. Love God so much that he will say, how can I do this without telling my servant Eunice? That is the kind of responsibility 
that God is expecting of you. He's expecting you to be vessels that carry his presence, literally. He's expecting you to be a people that he can depend on to go and fight like he depended on Abraham. He was in a large place. He had everything he needed. And yet God told him, I want you to go and rescue Lot on the other side. That is friendship with God. When he can wake you up in the night and say, I want you to go next door. There is someone that is just about to take their life. But when you're not God's friend, you hear it on the news. And you say, can you imagine that was my neighbor? The last seed I want us to consider is righteousness. Being in right standing with God. Doing right. Taking the right decisions. Proverbs 11, 18. The wicked man does deceptive work, but he, sows righteous, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. After all, if you're not looking to be God's friend, at least you're looking for reward, isn't it? Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 the same scripture that we read at New Dawn Camp Hosea 10 12 sow for yourselves righteousness reap in mercy break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you worship harvest I hear the sound of rain I hear the sound of rain I hear the sound of rain. There is rain coming. Rain is coming, people. Rain is coming. And I'm not just talking about this early rain. I'm talking about the latter rain. Rain is here. Rain is here for our families. I believe that word about restoration of families, but you've got to sow a seed into that. You've got forgiveness is a seed that you are going to sow. Praying for that person like your life depends on it because it actually does. Is a seed you're going to sow. Deciding that you're not going to be overcome by evil, but you're going to overcome evil with good is a seed that you are going to sow. Being patient with them, being kind to them, being good to them is a seed that you are going to sow. Because God wants to rain righteousness on you people. I want you to start to think ahead. I want you to start to think 2021, children of God. And every action that is going to happen from now on is going to determine what 2021 is going to be for you. You can only reap the fruit of unfailing love if you sow for your self-righteousness. I haven't always been the very best wife. I wasn't the nice Unisa Dubango people. I wasn't. 
but there was a man who literally did what the Bible says. The Bible says to husbands that you, would, you should wash your wives with water by the word. So much of what I am, so much of the seeking of God that I was pushed into is because brand who is not really like me in terms of speech and everything sat me every time and he washed me with water by the word. He washed me and washed me and washed me and I can't recognize myself. I can't. I can't. Someone sowed a seed and you know it's not only benefiting me because a seed has a multiplication effect, children of God. It's not only benefiting you, but my children are going to have wives and it will benefit those wives and those children. And the cycle goes on and on and on. When you look at the seed, you need to look beyond yourself. Because when you look at bread, you look at yourself. Bread is for your tummy, it's for us, my family and whatever. Seed is for generations. Are you going to take time to sow those three seeds? You see, there are times I'm watching online and I'm watching especially the business garage and Mose is saying one word and for me I'm just screaming so many scriptures I'm like and I'm like that day I will show up in that service <laughs> because you see there is so much witness here that sometimes I want I want to tell him I quote the other one you know and oh you don't know I've made so many changes in my own business just because of business garage. So many changes. So many changes. And sometimes they are not explicitly said here. But I hear the word and then there is a witness in me and then the spirit of God is watching over and then the cycle gets complete. That is how you're going to win the war children of God. You've got to hide yourself somewhere and read something and memorize something and speak it and speak it and speak it until it bears fruit there is a time my husband thought I'd run mad I printed that scripture in Corinthians <laughs> in every version and I put it on every wall I put it on the bathroom mirror I put it everywhere and I would, when I'm in the bathroom, I would say, God, you are able to make every grace abound to me. So that in all things, at all times, having everything that I need, I will abound in every good work. And as I'm getting out of the house, I would say, I abound in the work of serving the customers. Is it good work? Yes. I abound in the work on social media, helping the masses. Is it good work? Yes. I abound in the work of parenting. Is it good work? Yes. Because you are able to make all grace abound to me. So and over again in as many versions until it bore fruit in my life. Let's rise up, children of God. I can hear the sound of a new generation.
Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.